Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. I want to talk to you about how to share the gospel and so that we can make proper converts, not false converts, not converts that are won by our wisdom, by our intellect, by our ability to sell the gospel, close down any objections that they may have to become that perfect apologist and uh, to close down every argument and they're left with just an intellectual understanding and a conversion of their mind but not really of their heart and life and also so that we make a proper conversion of someone who think that they are earning their salvation by being a good person or oh, how false that thinking is and there are two major ingredients two major tools that we can employ when we're doing our soul winning and I want to introduce these to you if they've not already been introduced to you or if they have been I want to confirm for you the value of these things and there's two things number one the conscience when you talk to the person that you're sharing your faith with speak to their conscience not so much their intellect I mean yes the Bible says come now let us reason together and when we are saved there is the renewing of our mind there certainly is the intellect we can't ignore that but I'm saying is that we can't just speak to the intellect we also have to speak to the person's conscience because that is where the area of guilt lays and so you know we, we've got to get into that compartment into the conscience of man and there's a powerful tool this is the second thing that I want to bring to your attention and that is the use of the law the law of the Old Testament the Ten Commandments more specifically in Galatians chapter 3 verse 24 the Bible tells us this about the law wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith you see the law is a tool it's like a schoolmaster it directs it teaches it guides there's knowledge that the law brings to a person and it brings once that knowledge is implanted the law acts like a like a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ as the Bible says where we can be justified by faith Psalms chapter 19 verse 7 the scriptures tell us the law of the Lord is perfect and get the rest of this converting the soul converting the soul now before you jump uh, off the wagon here and think I'm teaching a works-based salvation that you get saved by keeping the law, by doing the works of the law. No. No. The law is like a mirror. It shows us our guilt. And when we put a person in front of the law and examine themselves according to the law, the Ten Commandments, it shows them something about themselves you don't wash dirt you know when, when you go to a mirror 
a mirror exposes, it, ref- it shows what is on you. So if you've got a dirty face, a mirror will reveal that to you. You may not know that you have dirt on your face. Have you ever been in a situation there? You've got a mark on your face. I remember a few years back I was walking through an airport, and, uh, and I, you know, you, when you notice people staring at you, looking at you kind of strange, and I don't know how uh, it got there, but apparently I've got, I had something on my fingers, and I wiped my face, and I had, you know, like uh, finger marks uh, stretching down my face there of just, you know, just and, and I'd been flying on an airplane probably uh, with that there for two or three hours, sitting next to a person, walking through the airport, feeling this, people looking at you. And I went into the restrooms, and I saw, to my horror, uh, in the mirror, my dirty face. Now, the mirror didn't clean my face. I had to use soap and water, okay? So the mirror just shows you your condition. That's what the law is. It shows you your condition. Romans chapter 7, verse 7, Paul said this, I had not known sin but by the law. The law is what shows me my sin, my guilt. Now, let me take you to the book of Romans. And Paul, I think, gives the, probably the best explanation that we could find in the Bible is his letter to the Romans. And he starts in Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. He says this. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now think about that for a moment. Let's reflect on what we just read. Now we know that whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. Now we might say, okay, well, who's under the law? Well, it was the Jews. They were given the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the law belongs to them. Well, no, we're going to find in chapter 2 that the law also belongs to the Gentiles. We'll get there. But also we get a hint that it belongs to everyone because it says that every mouth may be stopped, not just the mouth of the Jews, not just the mouths of Israel, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may what? Become guilty before God. So the law, what does it do? It speaks to every heart, every every person, and their mouth will be stopped. In other words, they will not have an excuse. They cannot justify themselves and argue their mouth will be stopped and they'll have to admit that they're all guilty before God. Let me continue reading verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, in the sight of God. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And so the, the use of the law, you know, we live in the day where, you know, you know, we live in the church age, and we all know as Christians, we live in the day of grace. Give us grace. We don't want the law. The law condemns the law, this, that, and the other. And I tell you, this is our problem here in America, uh, in our modern day, is that we've come to a point where we have thrown the law out, the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and have, no, have seen no value in the law, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. And I'm here to tell you that, You cannot properly get someone saved until they fully understand how awful their sin is before God. Why would they want to get saved and repent of their evil deeds if they don't understand how terrible their sin is before God? 
And the problem is, is that many people think they're good, that they don't need to humble themselves and pray. They think that they're earning their salvation. And folks, that's a false convert. That's a false um, idea of what salvation is. So again, what does this say in Romans chapter 3? That the law, every man is under it, and that uh, every mouth will be stopped. The world will come to the knowledge, become guilty before God. The deeds of the law, what does it do? What does it work? So that no flesh could be justified. They can't argue that they're good. And by the knowledge, by the, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Remember what Paul has said in Romans 7, 7? I had not known sin but by the law. Now let me go to this verse in chapter 2 of Romans, starting verse 14 and 15, because this is where the conscience comes in. As I said, we need to speak to their conscience, because this is where the realm of guilt lies, and we've got to get in there and show them their guilt. Romans chapter 2, verse 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having the law, meaning the Ten Commandments, are a law unto themselves. You know, how is it that the Gentiles, who weren't given the Ten Commandments, do by nature the things contained in the law? So there's something in them that... The law is already there, and he explains in verse 15, which show the work of the law, get this, written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. So what does the Bible tell us? The law is written where? In their hearts. In every heart of man, it, there is the knowledge of the law. It's written in there, and it's in their conscience, and it bears witness. Let me continue reading the verse. And their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. So when someone does something wrong, something that is sin, and sin is disobedience of God, when someone does something that is a violation of God's law, there's something in their heart because the law's already written there, and they kind of know, ooh, that was wrong. You don't have to tell a kid that lying is wrong because they know it. You don't have to tell someone or teach someone that stealing, taking something, someone else's property, is wrong. They know it. It's instinctive. Why? The Bible tells us the law is written in their hearts. And so if you're witnessing to someone you need to bring the law into the conversation, and this is how you do it. Um, have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you? Well, <laughs> if they're going to be honest, they're going to tell you, well, yes, I mean, who hasn't, right? What's that called? That's called theft. Have you ever uh, told a lie, said something that wasn't true? Well, yeah, I mean, who hasn't, right? What's that called? That's called lying. And so just on those two, you've, you, you know, if you ask those questions and get them to admit that they've done those things, what, is it, what are they admitting? They're admitting that I'm a liar and I'm a thief. And the fact is, is that every person, if we go through all the Ten Commandments, every single one of them, we could all find our place in guilt. Well, you'll say, well, I've never murdered anyone. I've never killed anybody. Well, you may not have taken someone's life, but the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 that if a person hates someone, 
it is as if we've, we have committed murder. In our heart, we've committed the murder. I hate him. I mean, <laughs> have we not all said, I'll kill him. I'll kill him for that. Hmm? He said, oh, well, I haven't. Well, you know, you're trying to hide or convince yourself of your self-righteousness, but if you'll be honest, we've all broken. Said, so, well, I've never had an affair. I've never, yeah, but have you ever had lust, lust after someone? Jesus told us that if we do that, it's as if we've committed adultery. The fact is, folks, is that we've all sinned. And we've come short of the glory of God. You are not good enough to save yourself, and you never will. And that's why God created a rescue plan. He knew that we were without hope. We were no way could we save ourselves. That's why God devised a wonderful plan of redemption so that we could be redeemed and restored back into relationship with God for someone to pay our sin debt, to pay the guilt of our sin. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Have you trusted in him? Have you put your faith in him? Or are you putting your faith in your good works? If you are, you're fooling yourself to think that you'll earn salvation. You'll not. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Would you be saved today? Repent, humble yourselves, and call on God's mercy. He's waiting to hear your prayer. Would you tell this truth with your friends? That's it for today. God bless you. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. 